0: If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us, and enjoy this message. Praise the Lord, everybody. was not the worship something else? Oh my gosh. You guys seem to have gone to another level. Thank you. I, it was really anointed. And it's always so great to be here because it's so ha- many uh, happy memories, you know, of coming here. And it seems like every time we come here, you know, we're, we just just feel the presence of God. And um, I just want to thank you, Steve, Apostle Steve and Melody, for all you guys have done and the foundations you have set. Because this is truly a pioneering that you have done. We're <laughs> behind your back now that you've, you've set something for a standard that we're trying to achieve. You know, I, I try hard, but I still see you as Papa Mama. <laughs> <laughs> I just, we <laughs> amen. We just thank God for you. And uh, it's just a pleasure to be here this morning. And I just want to bring God's blessing. And and um, as we get in this 5780, this new year, we know it's going to be a year of harvest. And I know you guys have uh, set things in place to receive this. And even as most of the worship was going on this morning, we were talking about the same thing about being um, bold. In asking and pushing for what God has for you and the harvest He has, so I'm gonna let this mighty woman of God take over. <laughs> and um...
1: thank, you. Yeah. thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah! Oh, it's good to be in the house today. Ah, God is so faithful and good. We do honor Apostle Stephen Melody. Let me tell you, they're, they're not just friends, but well, the Bible says it's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. So you're even closer than a brother, right? Because we tr- there's a trust that, that, that's there. That Sometimes it's hard to explain, but I know if I have any questions, if I need anything, whether it's personal or whether it's ministry, we can call. And I can trust what they will say. And so you, go, you all are in a safe place. You really are. You're in a great place with great leaders. And I'm not just saying this because they're here. I say this all the time. These people are They're pioneers. They're pioneering one movement after another. One movement after another. And God is holding their hands and leading them through. So you all are in the right place at the right time for what God wants to do with this church. It is, this is just phenomenal, the worship in which and just the flow of the Holy Spirit and even in alignment with what I was going to talk about this morning. I'm like, okay. All right, God, you're good. So let's just pray and get right into it. How about that? Amen. Father God, we just thank you, Lord. Oh, Father, we glorify your name, God. We exalt you, Father. You are great and greatly to be praised. There is no God like you, and we come before you today, Father, and we submit ourselves to you, Lord, and we say, have your way in our lives, God. Lead us, Father. Teach us, God. Do whatever you deem fit for this service, God, and we will follow, Father. There's no safer place to be than in the presence of the living God. And we honor you. We love you. And we thank you, Father. And I give you praise, God, for what you're about to do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So as I was seeking the Lord, God, uh, what do you want for, for giving like this morning? And and where are we going? And, and what do you want to say? And, and you know, and, and the Lord was just, you know, I, as I'm talking to him, I'm seeing, he's saying, there have been a fight and there's been some delay and there's been some things that have been, seem like they've been locked down in the past, and in the past season, you've not been able to quite push right through that door that God wants you to go through and to access all that He's wants you to do. But he said, this is the timing and this isn't the now. You're in your now season. What you've been doing was preparation for the thrust into where God is going to take you. And it's a serious time in the body of Christ. And even as Apostle Guy said 5780, and you know, um, I was looking up some about that to see where we are. And because, you know, we, sh- we should be like the sons of Ishakar and discern the times and the seasons. So we know where to move, how to move, when to move and what to do. And, and, you know, the 5780 is talking about the mouth, that it is a mouth. And so it's a season when we need to learn and we need to know and discern when to open up our mouth with the wisdom of, Lord, of the Lord and when to zip that mouth shut. Right? Because we can curse ourselves and we can bless ourselves. And you know, there's many examples in the Bible that teaches us on how, you know, how to speak and decree a thing and see it established. And uh, according to Job, you know, we shall decree a thing and it'll be established. And so even in this season, we're to be very careful with what we say, how we say, when we say, so that we are speaking what God wants with us for our lives. And so we're in alignment with what heaven is saying over us so that when we push forward, there's nothing is going to stop us and I don't care what the last season looked like I don't care what was held back this is the now this is the now it yesterday is yesterday and we cannot live in yesterday I don't care how if it pains your heart I don't care if you had joy I don't care what it is every day you get a fresh slate and you move into what God has for you in this day amen and so I believe that's what God is going to do. And, you know, as I'm looking at all of you this morning and I'm saying, God, so wonderful. I just feel like some of you have businesses. I don't even know how many of you, but the Lord was speaking about some of you have businesses and it's time for the businesses to expand. It's time for it to go to the next level. It's, it's just time for it to increase. And, you know, and I'm just, oh, man, God, I'm just loving this, you know. And, um, and, 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 and uh, Katie came up here. Where's Pastor Katie? All right. I'll get it. Okay, well, it's recording, and we get her later. But she came up here, and I just heard the Lord say there's a book in her. And there's a serious book in her. And and I, I just, uh, you know, I'm talking to him about her, and he's saying, you know, it's time for her to come to the forefront. That God is pushing her, that she's been fed, she's been filled, and now it's time for her to be squeezed. And and so, as the Lord began to squeeze, and those, those words come out on the book, it's going to bless a lot of people. It's going to really increase. It's going to enlarge her. It's going to bring, you know... A Dr. Melody has a name in the community. If y'all aren't aware of that, she has a name places you'll go, and they recognize the name Dr. Melody for the work she's doing. We've seen her. Pi- this this is a pioneer right here at Giving Light. This is what she, what they have done and built here is is a pioneer, and then now would um, stop the devaluation. That is an important move. You all are in, uh, with people who are pushing you to the forefront always, and just g- going with what God has for the season. So this morning, um, if I were to title this, I'll just say conquering your mountain, Amen. you know, because we all have a mountain that we have to conquer, and my mountain is not bigger than yours, or yours smaller than mine, or whatever. Everybody's mountain is a mountain to them. And I don't know, maybe y'all are fit and well, but I can't climb a mountain, okay? So all we know is we got to trust in the one who is the mountain climber. You know, we got to trust in Jesus to do this thing. And so I'm going to give you a couple scriptures here, and then we'll, we'll go into what God is saying this morning. Amen. And so Joshua 14, 12, it says, now therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day, for you heard in that day, how the Anakim were there and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. That's how I think we need to be speaking. I don't care how old we are, because even as, as, you know, I'm here this morning, and we're worshiping, and oh gosh, the heavens just opened up in worship. And the Lord is saying there's a lot of, of, of people in here that thinks they're too old to pick up that dream again. I'm here to tell you that what the Lord said over you, if you're thinking that you're too old to dream again, you're too old to do that which you had in mind to do before, pick it up and dust it off and go forward with it because you're not too old to do what God is calling you to do. In this season, he's going to shift everything and put it in alignment for you once you align with him. Amen. You know, like I always say, I can't sit, I love mangoes. So I'm I'm always going to pick trees that I like, fruits that I like, you know. So I can't sit under a mango, uh, under an orange tree and look up there and wish that those oranges were mangoes. I have got to sit under what God is saying in order for me to reap what God is saying, right? I got to plant what he's saying in order to reap what he's saying. And so do you. All right. So Matthew 17, 20 says, so Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you I love those words nothing will be impossible for you Luke 137 is my favorite thing for with God all things are possible when something looks insurmountable to me when it looks like a mountain I can't climb and for you a mountain that you can't climb this is when the scriptures will speak life into us as we dig into the word of God it will speak life and it will shatter all the strongholds and all the obstacles, they're going to fall. I saw just, you know, when you're running the, um, those, is it called hurdle where they jump over one thing? Okay. When, you know, not really athletic, but I just try to do something to lose weight. That's all. And so, so, you know, when you, so I just saw all those hurdles, it was just like, they were just toppling like dominoes and toppling over. This is a ripe season for all that God has. Amen. And so, You know, we see the Bible definition of faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen in Hebrews 11.1. Now, why would it be that, you know, the, the, the the, the substance of things hoped for? Because what you're hoping for has substance, but you're not able to see it yet right? And so it says the evidence of things not seen. And that's where faith becomes a currency that what you can see in, in, in your spirit that you have not seen in the natural, that your faith will purchase that thing and make, make it manifest and it will become substance in your being. And so that, you know, we may have a dream. We may have something we've been praying for and it doesn't look like we can pull it we can touch it it's not tangible but we can see it we can see it in the spirit realm but there's something that's holding it back Daniel said that he prayed uh, Michael told him when you prayed at first it was answered but it took 21 days to defeat the prince of Persia what you've been praying for it's not that God is not answering sometimes we have to wait for the right timing like Hannah you know the Bible says God shut up her womb it was God And so sometimes we are saying the devil did this, the devil did that, the devil did the other. And sometimes it is God protecting us from bringing something to birth before the timing so that it does not become stillbirth. There was a time for Samuel to come. He had to come when it was time for the period of judges to end. He could not come before then. So Hannah couldn't have her promise before that timing. But at the right timing, there was something so nudged in her spirit that she could not just pray the normal prayers. She had to go where she looked drunk to the priests. But from the time Eli spoke, Samuel was birthed in heaven. And then when she went home and prayed and the natural happened, then Samuel came into being. What is holding yours up? I got a whole teaching on that, but I'm not doing that today. Um, But what is, what are you waiting for? That sometimes we're thinking it's the enemy and sometimes God is setting us aside for such a time as this. And sometimes it is the enemy like in Daniel, And he had to pray and he had to war 21 days praying and, and then it manifested. You do not stop until you see it. You don't stop until you see it. I don't care if it is God shutting it up or the enemy shutting it up. Because if it's God, thank God, I'd rather be in his hands because he's going to release it in the right timing. But if it's the enemy, then you're blocking something that God has for me. So either way, I'm going to pray until the Lord speaks. And when God speaks, I'll have a peace to wait or I'll have a peace to see the manifestation. Either way, my promise will not be delayed and so will yours. Your promise will not be denied because your God is on the throne. Amen. Amen. And so by faith, men of of God conquered obstacles and they defeated foes and they lived righteously. They lived unrighteously too. And they received blessings. They received promises from God. They received the beatings of the Lord. Because, you know, we want to look at God as, oh, you know, he he understands my sin. No, he doesn't. No, he does not. Okay. There's consequences for that. You know, so we don't want to miss any part Of what the Lord has for us. We want to see God as Santa Claus. You know. You know Santa Claus didn't buy us one gift. So he can smile and take whatever. You kick him. The kids kick him. Scream. Cry. He can hand it to them because your mom and daddy paid for it. You know. (laughs) You know. But Jesus paid for us. With his only son. So he's not going to take our nonsense. Amen. So we got to just press into him. And So. Without faith, it is then impossible to please God. He he created us a people of faith, you know, and what the enemy does is bring fear. So to me, anytime I feel fear... The first thing I say, and I'm just telling you what I do, so maybe it'll help some of you. You can use the same practice if that works for you, or God gives you what works. But the minute I begin to feel fear, my heart begins to say, God is about to unleash something here that the enemy is trying to keep me from. So, faith begins to build up, and I just begin to war. I'm a warrior, so that's fine. So, God will use what you were when you were little, because I had this big mouth. Ask him. He can tell you in the first part of our marriage, I had this big mouth. Don't tell me, A, I'm going take you all the way to Z okay so I thank God that was BC people I'm okay now I think if I'm not y'all pull me back in okay but you know the thing of it is whatever you were before you came to Christ he's still able to use because he made you and he uniquely made you And it's just that it was distorted. It was used in a distorted way. But God is going to bring it in the right way. And that's what you're going to use to equip you against the works of the enemy. Because he's given it to you to fight the enemy. And the enemy will tweak it to cause you to fight yourself with it. But then you turn it back around and you use it for what God gave you. And you watch what God will do. And I'm not telling you something that I don't know about. You know, I've lived... You know, fighting for one thing after another, fighting for his health, fighting for my daughter's health, and all this stuff, and the witchcraft that was constantly sent, and just fighting against that and just defeating it. I don't know, you know, I don't know if, if some of you operate this way, but I know the, the way God does it for me. The minute something is being stirred up like demonically, it hits my, I could feel it with a, almost like a natural hit. And I I know something is happening. And and then I'll begin to pray and just begin to war so that we can have that breakthrough. Amen? And so God has given us many different tools in which we fight with. You know, I can walk into a place and I can feel the presence of witchcraft when it's there. You know, this... This here is like a safe haven. You get out there and you will begin to feel all that's out there. doesn't mean that it cannot touch you. All it means is that there's been a lot of prayer. There's been a lot of warfare to build what God has built here. That's what it means for God to have cleansed this atmosphere so well and make it such a place that you can feel the peace of God as you come in. But as you're driving through as beautiful as it looks, you can feel all of the ancient things that were done and, and all of the things that are still being done and all of the move of darkness that is going on. And then you can come here and your name is right, giving light. And there can be light because God has called you to be beacons of light for this community. You're not here by accident. You're called to be beacons of light. You know, people are watching you where you work. They're watching you where you live. They're watching you everywhere. They may not tell you, but you're living examples of the God you serve. And that's why I believe that when God has something for me, I am not going to let the enemy take pride in knowing that he defeated this thing. Let me tell you something, and this is going to sound weird, but it is is what it is. (laughs) When he was in the hospital... Two years ago, you know. And again, for how many ever times they didn't think you would make it, you know. And um, he had surgery, and it all went wrong. And they almost lost him in the operating room. And so we were in the waiting room. And right about the time when I'm trying to piece it together, that things started to go wrong, I did not feel comfortable. And the kids were with me because I'd shot my hands up. I was bu- and they looked at me, and I thought, no, I'm not going to scare them. So I put my hands down. And just began to pray inside. Cause I, you know, began to feel like something is going wrong. And then, you know, the time is passing and he's still in there. And the time is passing and he's still in there. And then finally the doctor came out all shook up, trying to control himself. But you could see he was like visibly shaken. And they told me it's because of me, because I threatened them so often. I really don't threaten them. I really don't threaten them. <laughs> I just tell them, know what you're doing. You better know what you're doing. That's all. I don't threaten them. <laughs> I said, and you know, because I will look things up, and I'll say, did you check that? Or did you, you know, or I hear what God says, and I said, did you look at that, you know? And that kind of would get people nervous, you know? But I'm not caring about nervous, then. You can suck your feelings up and put on your big girl panties and keep it moving. So, you know, so, I, you know, I'm feeling this, and then they came, and he says, um, he's okay. He's gonna. He's not gonna be in the part we told you. But they're gonna come and get you. But you can't wait here. You have to go back over to the. Uh, he's sending us to the ICU waiting room. But he's wording this thing in a way that you don't even know what's happening. So we're waiting out there now. They say an hour they'll get you. Two hours. So I finally go and they say, Oh, come on in. And so I go and the doctor's starting at this. In there, starting to talk to me. He's all intubated and everything, and and they're telling me, um, well, you know, he doesn't. He looks good now. He doesn't didn't look like this when I first got him. And I'm thinking, Jesus. Well, when he walked in to talk to me, I was checking all his me- the meds that they were hanging, and you know, and the platelets and, and the blood and stuff they were getting. So I'm. Um, he says, Oh, are you in the medical field? I said, No, but my, my, my daughter is. And so I, I said, She's out. There. He says, Call her. And she came in, so he's free to talk. And so he's telling us everything that. That went on and all that. But I lead you to tell you where he was, the state he was in. He's not able to help himself. And I go home that night, and I slept maybe four or five hours. But early in the morning, the Lord woke me up, and he said, I want you to go to the hospital and stay in that room. They're planning to take him out today. Now, it may look weird to you, but this, if we believe that God is real, so is the spirit realm. So is the demonic realm, okay? Okay. And so I go back to that hospital. I said, I don't care. I'm going to sit right here. I should have brought diapers, but I ain't moving. So I sat right there. And then my daughter-in-law said she was coming. And I said, well, when you get here, I'll use the bathroom. And I sat. And this is what happened. (laughs) God is something else. I'm sitting there with him, and I'm just praying. And this guy comes to clean. You know, he's got his cleaning cart and everything. And he stops right there at the door. And he's just looking in. Now, this room is a mess. I mean... Literally, blood all up from, from the night before, all over the floor, everywhere. The countertop is the only place clean. Shouldn't he be coming in and cleaning this? He's standing there looking at me. So I'm saying, God, is this the one? Because, you know, the hospitals are full of all of the witches and whatever else. And, you know, they even have, you know, some hospitals, from what I've um, read and learned from talking to different people, have a room they call the launching pad, and they'll put people in there to send them off and, you you know, um, where they decreed over them. And look, if an ex-Satanist told me if they, they go to the ICU or hospital rooms and to save somebody of theirs that's in there, they will take out somebody in another room. An exchange for life. They'll take out somebody. That's why when I go to the hospital, I cover everything in the blood of Jesus. I seal it all up and I pray in there. Everything, the doctors, the equipment, everything. So I'm there and this guy is just watching me and I'm wondering if it's him. And so he left and then he comes back walking behind a woman that is coming. I thought, oh, that's the powerhouse. So she's coming in. She walks right into the room and she goes to the counter. Now this whole room needs to be clean. And she's like this in one spot. So I got up from my chair and I walked over to her and I went in her face. And I said, A-ka-ta-ra-ba-sho. And she flew out of that room. I did not see them in their cart anymore. But I'm telling you, you have to take authority. And what I'm saying is that you... You can't be so, I hear people say, you know, oh, I don't believe in the devil. That's all right, because he done got you doing whatever he wants to with you, and you don't believe in him. Fine, you give him full permission to go ahead. But I believe that he will say that this, the, the witchcraft and all that will come, but it will not touch us. Because the power that is in us is greater than anything that can come. Greater than anything. No, you can't. And I'm telling you, you know how Satan gets to do what he wants with us? It's when we give him permission. He bring, that's the first place he works is the mind. Because if he can take your mind, then your mind can tell your heart what to do. And then he's got you. And so we have to take it back. I believe Joshua and Caleb were people that did not let the enemy overtake them. And that's why he could say, give me my mountain at 85 years old. You know? So we're never too old for God to use us. And so I'm here to tell you this morning, no matter what your mountain is, you are well able to take it. You're well able to take it. If we have faith in God, we're going to obtain the promises of God. We're going to get victory over victory over every demonic destructive force in this world. It's ours. We're going to get it. And we have to fight for our children. We do. We seriously have to fight for everything that concerns them. Let me tell you, at our church on Thursday mornings, we go in there at 4 a.m. to pray. So we get up at 3 and we go in there and pray because the territory, it looks nice. It's, a, you know, the university's right up there. Buildings are nice and everything. But you go in there and drive those streets at 4 a.m. and you'll see what's in operation. Not with your natural eyes, but you'll see in the spirit and you will feel all the zinging that's taking place. The thing is real. There's a lot of fight going. And so we have to go in and fight for that territory. And, we, and because if God give it to us, then it belongs to us. Amen. Yeah. And so no, and as far as I'm concerned, no little demon or devil in hell is going to come and torment me. But this is what's happening to the body of Christ. And it's sad because we're not taught enough about what the enemy can do to us and what we can do to the enemy. All of us are taught, you know, you, we just want to sing and glory, hallelujah, listen, and, and, and just pray a little bit and, and just figure God got it. No. He give it to you. He says, let them have dominion over the earth, over everything. He give it to you. He's not a man that he should lie. He's not coming back to fight that. What he will do is empower you to overtake and overcome. But we got to do something. We have to do something. And so I don't know what mountains you're facing today, whether it's something on your job, it's the business, it's the children, it's the marriage, it's the family, you know, whatever the mountain is, it's, it's. It is not insurmountable, and it's not too big for you and God to climb and be thrown together. Amen? Whatever it is, there's a real enemy that desires to hinder the words of God and the purposes of God for your life. How many of us have prophetic words that we haven't seen come to pass? Are we really praying them out? Are we really warring with the one who does not want to see them come? It's the same thing like when a baby is born. God gives so much. God give a, a purpose, a plan, and a purpose that he tells us in Jeremiah 29 for the baby. And the minute that baby comes in, Satan gives it an assignment. Who is warring who is for that baby to prevent the assignment of hell to prevail? We got to take it. Amen? So it's ours. So Caleb appears first in the Bible. As a member of the 12 spies who were sent by Moses to explore the promised land. I don't know why people don't learn. You see over and oh Well, we don't learn the same way. So forget that. You know, because we do the same thing. You know, I'm going, listen here. If God showed me that, my motto is whatever God shows me, he plans for me to take. I don't know about y'all. But if he shows it to me, he plans for me to take it. And if he plans for me to take it, then nobody's going to get it but me. Do you say that? If God shows it to you, are you going to allow somebody else to rob you of it? There's plenty of thieves waiting to take what God has given you. But I'm telling you today, it's yours. You fight for it and you will win because God will be with you. And let me tell you, if, if he's able to send one angel to kill 185,000 Assyrian army, what is he going to do for you? You ain't got 185 thousand people coming against you. You don't even have 185. You probably don't even know 185. Facebook and all these things. And, you know, Instagram, God is believing we know the whole world. That's a fake story on there. They will not even give you the real deal. You know, that's why, you know, I'm real with what I say. You know, if you don't like it, well, you don't have to accept it. But I'm going to say it. How about that? That's just it, you know. It's up to you what you do with it. When I'm finished releasing it, I do what I'm called to do. And that's it. And so the spies came back uh, to report on the land and the cities and, you know, bring back samples. Of, you got grapes that you need to carry with two men on this thing. Like, oh, God, you're about to bless the socks off of me. How many things are we missing like that that God has for us? How many? Because fear grips the heart. You know? We're missing a whole bunch. And so they were supposed to come back and encourage Israel and show them these samples of fruit that the land was flowing with milk and honey and all this stuff. And you know, you know what? We live in a place that's flowing with milk and honey because we belong to God. And wherever he plants us, we're supposed to bloom. And if we're not, then we need to fight the thing that's causing us not to bloom. And don't look around the people to say, well, because of that one, I can't do it. Because I got to help this one, I can't do it. Listen, he knew that one would have been there. And if he didn't want them there, he would have, you, you need to cast them out. And I don't care who it is. Any of you ever had to tell your family not this time? You know when they become leeches? No, no, no. I'm, the best thing I could do for you is know you. So you can grow up. Meaning not N, not K N O W N O W no to you, so you can grow up. Yeah. N O no, yeah, to you, so you can grow up. Because sometimes we enable people to disable them. Even our own children, we want to make everything better for them, but we're not teaching them to war for themselves, so they don't feel the sense of accomplishment of doing what God has called them to do. So we gotta tell them no. And if you don't like it, you go talk to him. Don't look at me. You know, I didn't pick it. I just got to do it. That's it. You know, and so they were supposed to encourage him. But the spies, you know, they, they were not sent to test the strength of the enemy. But they were sent to test the hearts of the Israelites. When, when a test is coming to you, is it, it's testing your heart, not your strength. Because you don't conquer anything in your own strength. The minute you decide to do that is the minute you fail. You conquer everything using the strength and the power of the Holy Ghost. We don't do anything without him. I will fail. I'm, I always tell people, if you're looking to me for do something, you, you better look for the God. Look for the God in me. Don't look for me because you don't have nothing. You know, I'm not giving a word because I got a word. I'm giving a word because I got a word. He gave a word. Amen? And it's for you. And so, the 12 spies were chosen, one from each tribe. And Caleb represented the tribe of Judah. And I thought that was so interesting. That Caleb is the one that's saying, give me my mountain. Caleb is the one just standing up and just talking ahead of everybody. You know, like, what are you guys saying? We can take it. Let's go now. Because praise always go first. Anytime you feel weak... Begin to praise, begin to worship. Praise and worship will do for you, and praying in towns and worshiping, it will do for you what your words can't do. There was one time when they said his calcium level was so high that um, he's, you know, you get at risk for sudden death because you it can freeze the heart and everything. And just, you, so we went to the doctor. And she said, oh, you got to go in the hospital. Um, And she called for a room, and they didn't have a room. And she said, any room you have anywhere available, first one, I'm sending him in. And he's trying to make excuses. Poor thing, he's tired of hospitals. He was trying to make excuses to her about why he can't go. And when he ran out of excuses, he says, I got a barber's appointment. We cracked up. (laughs) She said, (laughs) she said, guy, you're going. So we go home, and she says, go home, wait for the call, and you'll go. So we go home, and I'm just getting a bag ready and stuff, because I had a business meeting that night that I needed to be at, and I'm getting things ready for him. Um, And then the call came, and I took him to the hospital and got him settled in. I came home. I came home really to pray and then go to my business meeting. And I came in the the kitchen from the garage, and I went to the end of the counter, put my head down, and all I found myself doing was worshiping God. And there was such a peace in the battle worship will win it. That's why I think, you know, when I look at Caleb being from the tribe of Judah and, you know, and I just worship the Lord. And then I went on to my business meeting. I told Alton, when you get home from work, go see your dad. And I called him when I left about 11 p.m. And I said, "Um, what's going on? And he said, oh, he's there picking out his menu. I said, what? So I go to the hospital. I got there and the nurse goes, "Um, what did he come in here for? Because we can't find any any, you know what the instructions from the doctor? And I heard the doctor give the instructions on the phone. He said I can't find the instructions from the doctor, and I said, "Well, what did you do?" And she, I said, "It's calcium." She said, it's "Calcium is fine." I said, "Well, what did what did you do?" She said, "We didn't do anything. We we're waiting for the doctor to call back. All we did was put an IV in him, and we ran the tests, and if everything came back in the normal, I'm like glory to God." worshiping just brought the, the victory you see it, so many ways God has given us to get victory all they did is wait for the doctor to come and discharge him I'm telling you this because what makes you know for one hand they're telling you you know this is at risk for sudden death and the other hand God steps in and overrides everything and that mountain of sickness fell what is the mountain that you're waiting for God God is going to do it um I forgot to ask what's my time it's 10 of 12. 10 minutes. <laughs> oh. Okay. Well, I I'm, I'm going to pick out points then. And so, you know, so when all of them are coming and they're, you know, they're coming to give this report, you know, fear had gripped their heart. Fear will always rob you of moving forward. And that's why Satan uses fear. He has a tool that he knows will grip your heart. It will It will immobilize you. It will cause you to be paralyzed. It will cause you to stay stagnated, cause you not to move. And when there is no movement, there is no progress. And then you say, look what happened to me. Look what happened to me when what happened is I'm not I'm not telling you this morning that you are the cause of everything I'm saying these are the these are the ways that is used to prevent you from accessing what God has for you and these are the ways that you can use to, to step past that and to bypass it and to go in and to pull out what God has for you amen so you just begin to come all you need is a little bit of faith. When I read that scripture the very first time, now, I don't know if y'all know, but I was raised Catholic, so I didn't have a Bible growing up. We had a Catholicism. When 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 we were married is when we went to pick a church, and we went to the Baptist church. Um, we went, it's a Southern Baptist church. We love the pastor, and they start. I start going to the Bible study, and oh my gosh, this the world was just a whole new place. My, I could feel my foot in this the dirt that Jesus was walking in. I could. I'm telling you, I could literally. This Bible came so alive for me, and I took that word seriously. Yeah. When when I read in there that all you need is faith as a mustard seed, I looked at that mustard seed because I, I put it. I put that mustard seed down. I said that's a little thing. I could get at least that. And then God will do what He wants with the rest. I take every word in that Bible literally. When I look at it, and I saw them. When I look at, I, I look at Romans four seventeen. It says, "Call those things that be not as though they were." You know what I did? That the first time I read that, I was buying a mattress. I don't know if I told you the story before. I was buying a mattress for Alton. He was, um, I don't know if he was in high school then or well, I think high school. Anyway, I was buying a mattress for him for his bed, a new mattress. So I went and got the mattress and box spring, and I thought I'm gonna ta- try talk fast. Listen to it over again if you can't so I can get more in. So then, so if you can't keep up, you know, you need to just listen fast, that's it. Just listen quick. So what happened is, I'm, I figured I'm gonna buy it, put it on my credit card, and then I'm gonna pay it off in two months, so that way, you know, it's gonna be done, and, you know, I would miss the in, interest thing, because I had that card then with the six months note. So, but I went in there, and it was Levitt stores at that time, and they had six months interest free. So I got it there. And I came home, and I was paying the bill that morning. So I had I had half of it in the envelope. I walked to the mailbox, and as I'm, I said, oh, wait, that's scripture. Oh, ooh, ooh, I can be debt-free of this mattress. So I held that envelope. I remember holding this envelope up. I'm telling you, God, he will honor fools, and he will honor people. <laughs> so I held that envelope up, and I said, Father God, in the name of Jesus, you pointed that computer and erase this bill. Don't let him send me another bill. He erased this bill, and I put it in the mailbox. I said... That's it. I'm not having any more bills. That's it. It's done. And I just prayed, and I went back in the house. A few months later, I said, wait a minute. Those people didn't send me a bill. So I called them up. I said, they're not going to mess with my credit. So I called them up, and I and said, um, I don't have a bill. And they said, um, the lady said, I can't send you a bill, ma'am, because you don't owe us anything. I said, excuse me, and I'm arguing with her. I paid a half, and, you know, and then I remembered that I prayed, and I go, oh oh, can you send me a bill showing that I don't owe a bill? <laughs> she says, oh, okay, I'll send, I'll send you a bill. And when that thing came, I kept it on my desk for months to remind me. And I believe God was starting something there for what was to come. Because when my daughter went into the hospital because she was sick and she was, like, really, like, critical, so she was in, like, critical care for, like, 10 days. So, you know, the doctor said to us, she doesn't have insurance. And she was in school then. She doesn't have insurance. And we're over 100,000 in bills for the hospital so far. So we'll have to... And I'm thinking, look, whatever I have to do, God's going to take care of this. If I have to sell the house, buy a new us, I don't care what we got to do. We can do it. But she's getting care. And, um, and I'm, you know, I'm talking to him. I'm saying, that's okay. He says, so, you know, we're, she's coming to the point now where we can understand. So we'll do some of this treatment. Outpatient, we have one more test we're going to do that. The other hospital, let them share some of the cost. Okay. So... You know, she was this week that I had to bathe her because she couldn't bathe herself. And I'm bathing her that morning in the hospital bed, and she looked up at me, and she says, Mommy, how are we going to pay for this bill? There's something that just moved in my spirit. I said, Honey, we're not paying for this bill. God is. And she said, I can't have bad credit because when I go for residency, you know. I said, Don't worry about it. God is taking care of this bill. Well, she came back. She went back to school, got better, went back to school, came back, I'm just telling you how to exercise your faith to fight the fear. Because the fear would have been, how are we going to pay this insurmountable amount? But since I don't live in fear, because my Bible tells me that God has not given me as what? A spirit of fear. But what did he give me? Power. Love. Sound mind. So I have power over the enemy. So anytime fear comes, power rises. And it's the power of Jesus Christ. So I'm not telling you that I don't ever sense fear. I sense it. I don't, don't live with it. I just reject it immediately. As soon as I sense it, because let me tell you something. It's like some people, if they ask you to spend a day in your house and you don't, be, and you don't let them out at the end of that day, a year later, you're still wondering how you're going to get them out of your house. Okay? So you, you do the same thing with fear. Don't let it into your house. You just close the door. Give it eviction notice quickly. So she came home and she's saying, Mom, I'm really concerned about that hospital bill, you know, because we can't owe that bill. I said, well, you call them, but I'll I'll be not paying that bill. You can call them. God already got the bill. If you believe what you ask, do you believe or are you just praying and hoping and wishing, you know, that God would? You only hope for faith. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. You only hope for faith. But once you get faith, faith produces. Faith is currency. It's heaven's currency. We have dollar bills and coins and credit cards, natural currency here that we can go into the store. And if we want that, we don't worry about getting it if we can put that down and exchange it. It's the same thing with everything you want for your life. I don't have to worry because the Bible says all I need is a pinhead, mustard seed. And I got that. So that's my currency. So whatever I need, I'm going to buy. Whatever I need in the spirit, I'm going to pull that mustard seed out. That's all you got to do. It, you know, it seems hard, but it isn't. Well, it isn't for me, but I grew into that. So you grow yourself into it's not hard. So she calls them up, and they said, yes, you weren't here from, from here to here, about 11 days, um, but you have a zero balance. And she goes, you have a zero balance. Okay, she says, okay, thank you, thank you. Wait off. Well, you know, all the other doctors will send their bills, You know, this one sent for that, that one. So they were piling up on my desk. And all I heard the Lord says, don't you call anybody until I tell you. So I didn't. Every morning I'd sit down at my desk and I'd lay my hands on them and I'd pray, thank you, Father, that you're taking them away. I would lay my hands on them and I'd call those things that be not as though they were. Father, I thank you that you're handling this. I'm a child of the most high God. There's not, you take care of me. I don't work for myself. I work for you. And you are my good, good father. You're my daddy that takes care of me. And I lay my hands on those things every day. And when he tells me to call one by one, they were canceled. They were canceled. They were canceled. Until we were down to one, a $5,500 bill for the hospital she did the last test at. And and I didn't call them. They called me, and I answered the phone. And they said she owed the bill. And I said, that's not news to me, are you? (laughs) It's not my bill as far as I'm concerned. And then she says, well, what are you going to do about it? I said, nothing. And she said, um... Well, is your daughter there? And I said, no, she's at school, but she's not working. And, um, well, how is the bill going to be paid? I said, as soon as God lets me know, I will let you know. <laughs> I look crazy to people when I'm telling you. It looks crazy, but I could look crazy to people because I know what God does. All right? As soon as God lets me know, I'll let you know. And they weren't too pleased with that. And then they called me back. And then they told me that they were going to, um, they were going to put her in the... Um, collection. And I said, oh, well, let me know when you do and I'll file bankruptcy for her. And they said, well, it costs you to do that. And I said, no, I used to work in a law firm. I can do it myself. And they go, um, but it will cost you. So she said, listen, I'm going to make a deal with you. I am not going to put her into bankruptcy, but you got to work out a payment. I said, I'll work it out as soon as I hear from God. So we hung up. And then one of my clients came, and the bill is on my desk, and I'm talking to her, and she says, what is this from St. Francis? And I said, oh, so I started telling her the story. She says, Meg works in that department. Why don't you call Meg? I said, really? She said, I'll call her when I get home, and then she'll call you tomorrow. Meg calls me, and I tell her what happened. And she said, well, you know why they're not doing it? Because your daughter has a credit card that they figure she can put it on. I said, but you see, let them see it wasn't activated. When you're in school, people will send you credit cards. And you're not working anywhere. I said, the credit card's in a drawer somewhere because she can't activate it. She's not working. She said, let me talk to her and I'll call you back. And she called me back and she said, can you do 500? I said, oh yeah. Here, let me give you the card. And she said, we'll wipe the other 5,000 out. That was it. But you have to wait on the Lord. You got to wait on him. We had a young lady at the church was working in hospital billing. She said, that does not happen, bill wiping out. That don't happen. How did that happen? I said, with God, all things are possible. And that's what we got to remember, not some. When the enemy comes and he's ten, listen, we, especially parents with children, you know, if they're late for their curfew, uh, later on when I have time, I'll tell you all about him and these curfew stories and him plotting what he's going to do to them if they're late. When they're late for their curfews, you know, your mind, is. you got them in a ditch, and the car overturned, the enemy will use your mind to do all sorts. He does it with every single detail of your life. But I'm here to tell you that God has created you to be more than a conqueror. God has created you to overcome every barrier. God has created you to ride the high tide and to reach and access all that he's called you to do. And you will not be delayed anymore. We break that spirit of delay in Jesus' name. We shatter it today in the mighty name of Jesus. And you will rise up as Caleb did and Joshua. And you know what happened to them All the 10 spies that said they're not crossing over? God sent a plague that killed all of them. No plague is going to touch us because we're going to walk in obedience to the living God. And I didn't even touch the notes, but that's all right. We got what we needed. We, You know, we're trying to save time because I want to be able to pray for some of you. Um, oh, well. Don't worry. It was good studying. So, you know, so what... Use it again, yes. So what I just wanted to share with you today is we, I want to encourage you. Whatever that battle is that is holding you back, whatever that thing is that is causing you to be stagnated, I want that faith to arise up in you. I just want you to say I have the mind of Christ because that's where the enemy attacks you first, in your mind. Whatever you allow to seep into your mind. And let me just warn you about something. Don't leave the television on and go to bed. Your mind is wide open. Your spirit is wide open. And demons come through in the form of the all that they're, they're, they're loosing. You know, the kind of shows that are on at night is not, you know, they're seeping into daytime anyway. And, you know, they're making these things look good. And I don't know why I'm telling you this, but I just heard the Lord say Harry Potter. So if anybody in here watch Harry Potter, read the books or anything, you, you know, you need to Repent. Those are real witchcraft spells. They are not, or if you know anybody that does, just pray for them. That God will show you how to help them to repent. I remember going to someone's home one time. I said, something is funny. And they said, well, why don't you pray for the house while you're here? Just pray. And I said, but something feels, so I'm going to the son's room. And I'm like, as soon as I walk in, I'm like, Jesus. So I'm going, what kind of videos? Because you like to watch videos. What kind of videos? Because I'm looking through, I'm saying, Maybe it's in the videos, but this thing is strong in this room. So I'm going through, and the Lord said, look to the left, and I look, there's a big Harry Potter poster up on the wall. And I said, we got to get rid of this. They said, tear it up. I said, no, let's call him, and let's explain to him why, and let him give us permission, and then we'll destroy it. You got to get out of your house what God did not send in there. Clean house. At least once or twice a year, do spiritual house cleaning. Walk through and pray. Cover the house. Cover everyone in the house. Because you see, he will use whatever thing you've got in there. Maybe you don't know, but that will be the door for access. To bring the fear. To bring the destruction. For what God has for you. It will be the door that the enemy will use. He uses that fear thing so magnificently. I'm telling you, if we could turn that up back on him, we could send them packing. I love to send demons running. Listen here. My kids used to say when they were younger, you know, you know, I, I was learning all this stuff about the Bible. And I was digging into everything, man. I was just really going in. I watched them, them, um, you know, the, the, the demons get cast out. The sons of Sceva running. And I, I'm i like, God, I'm not going to be like them. You show me everything. I, I read all those gifts to the Spirit. I said, I want all of them. I want every last one of them. And I just want to wreak havoc in the kingdom of darkness and just set God's people free. I was radical. So I'm just going through all this stuff and I'm like, God, I want it all. So I'd be in the bedroom and I'm just praying and I'm just decreeing and I'm declaring and I'm just speaking into the atmosphere because our words have mouth. And that's why it's so important, especially in this year, because when we begin to align with what God wants and what he says, then you watch what God is going to do. You watch what he's going to do. And so I'm, you know, I'm, I just, I'm praying and everything. And, you know, and then I, one day, one night, I don't know but Alton says, he just got up and locked his door because I started to say, look, Satan here, I'm not going to bother telling your little cohorts what to do. Why don't you just come here and let me tell you what to go tell them. And he said, he just got up and locked his door because this woman went crazy. But, <laughs> but, you know, the thing of it is when, when the enemy want to play crazy, you get crazier with faith. Get crazier with the word of God and watch him run from you. Watch him run. He will disappear quick, quick, quick. Because God, God is not a man that he should lie. He is not a man. You know, when you look at those, those guys that came back, they told lies. They said that all the people were giants. God did not say, and Moses' instructions were not go over there and watch what the people look like. God already said, "You with me, you're going to conquer them. You go over. I want you to see what I have for you. I want you to see the fruits that I am going to give you. God is showing you fruits that he's going to give you, whether it's in your job or whatever. And he's showing you things that he's going to give you and what is happening. You're not seeing the things that God wants to give, but you're seeing those little obstacles in the way of you and the thing that God... God wants to give you now your heart is being tested are you going to have the heart of God are you going to believe with your whole heart what God tells you are you going to believe with your eyes what your eyes see and what the enemy's telling your mind is happening which one are you going to believe in but today I want to encourage you I want to encourage you to move I had something at the end here I want to read for you tell you anyway I had written in here after I went through all what I was going to go through. This is good for you anyway. It says, um, it doesn't matter who you are, race, culture, or nationality. Don't blame that on why you cannot have what God has for you. In case you all haven't noticed, I'm black. But I never let that stop me. It was a shock to me too because I don't see color. I see people. But, uh, (laughs) but But anyway, it never stopped me from getting anything that I put my eyes on. Because I have a mother. She's of Indian descent, East Indian. So she's East Indian, my father is Mutt. But um, my mother was a businesswoman and a shrewd and a strong businesswoman. But she had a heart of God. And when I was young and she was training us up, I was very mad at her. I thought I was adopted because of all that she's making me to do. I'm telling you, I said, I have to be when she was trying. And today I am so grateful. I am so grateful when I, cause she put that in me that when you couple it with the faith of almighty God, you know that you can do more than you think you can do. So it doesn't matter where you are, everybody can receive what God has for you. When Joshua and the elders were determining the the inheritance of the tribes, Caleb approached him with his request. They were determining, you know, who's going to get what. Caleb didn't sit back and say, give me whatever you think I'm going to get. Caleb stepped forward and he says, give me my mountain. Give me that mountain. And that's what we need to do. That's the place we are at right now. God is saying whatever I have purpose for you. Now go back through those prophetic words. And read them. And begin to call them to be. Begin to war with them. Give it to me now. Yes. Give it back. Whatever enemy has been holding it back. Whoever has been stealing it. Give it back now. Yes. Give it back. Yes. You know and my mother never took no for an answer. She never did. She always, you know, she was always st- figuring out strategies and how to do things. And she'd have me with her. She taught me how to write the rent receipts for the tenants, for the places that we had that we rented. Out. She taught me how to work in, in, in the store. She taught me how to work in the business. She taught me how to cook things. I haven't seen her cook much. Let me just point that out. She instructed me how to do things because she already knew. So now she's going to watch you do. And when you cook it and you bring it back to her, she tastes it. And she'll tell you what ingredient was missing. And she just raised us all up to work. She would tell my brothers, each of you are going to learn how to cook, clean, and everything. No woman is going to take advantage over you. But what she was doing was training us up. that we're So here's what I would tell her. That's what i tell her. I didn't like her answer. That's why I knew I was adopted. So since I was the first girl, when I was, I think I was, I can't remember what age I was. But, you know, she would have a couple of maids that would help cook and clean and stuff. So then we end up with a half a day one and I had to make dinner. So I knew then that I was the servant, because she's making me make dinner. This is my logic, right? So I told her, I don't want to do this stuff. I I don't really like doing it every single day, you know, because, and she said, I I don't care what you like. I'm telling you what you're going to do because you're going to learn. Because you need to know how to cook, you need to know how to clean, you need to know how to do all this stuff. When you have your own house, you're not going to know how to do it. I said, don't worry about that, I'm going to have a maid. And she said, "Um, how how are you going to get them? Where are you going to get them from? What are you going to do? You have to, you know, I said, I'm going to make sure I marry a man that was rich. <laughs> and she said, he told me he was going to be a millionaire by the time he turned 30. I don't know what happened. But anyway, <laughs> she told me. I said, I'm going to marry a man that's rich. And she said, and how are you going to tell your maids what to do if you don't know how to do it? Now go clean that. So I'm like, I can't believe this. But she did this with every single one of us. Everything, all six of us, she did it with and made us do. And, you know, so I'm saying training. If you haven't trained yourself to follow what God says to do, that he knows what's best for you. I can look back and say, my mother knew what was best for me. And it didn't matter if I liked it or not. She trained me up for my future. God knows what's best for you. And whether you like it or not, he's training you up. For your future and he's going to bring you into the place that you have to get all that you want for him.